You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com, and just lover of life itself. What you got for me, Papa Isaac? Papa, Papa. Man, these past few days, I've been setting up a crib. Today, I put up some bookshelves that have all these kids' books on it, and I'm recording inside the nursery right now, which used to be, like, my office in my house, which is now just gone. My desk is, like, in our living room now. But it's pretty crazy. My mom's my mom's visiting. She's here right now. Super excited about that. Everything's coming, like, super quick. And this little dude's going to be here in, like, seven or eight weeks. Man. I don't know. Everybody always asks you, like, hey, are you ready? And I'm like, as ready as I can be. Yeah, what are you supposed to say? No, I'm not. Do you have, like, little milestones that, like, everything, everything's going, like, super fast, it feels sometimes. But you have these little milestones along the way that makes it feel like, holy crap, like, it's coming. And, like, putting together the crib, that was one of, like, man. I swear this little dude's going to sleep. Yeah, because now you have like a physical place for your for your child to go. You know, like before it was yeah. just all stuff for you and your wife. And then all of a sudden you have this space that's just, it's like when you're getting a dog and you get the, the uh, like the, the crate or whatever. And you're like, dang, this is real. It's going to happen. Except for it's a human it's and it has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're super excited. It's crazy. And then obviously I'm going to be leaving here pretty soon for a little bit for a mission trip and. It's like the as li- soon as I come back. The listeners won't know any different, though. <laughs> listeners, you won't know any yeah. different because Nick and I have you set up. We've already <laughs> recorded a full week's worth of podcast. We did it in one day, and it was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it should be fun. Actually, you'll have podcasts for the whole weekend, right? Yeah, I got I got some stuff set up for the weekend, too. We have our... We have our uh, Part two of our trade, our draft trades podcast that we already did. We did part one earlier, and uh, we did part two is dropping tomorrow. Since you guys, if you guys listen to this on Friday, it drops tomorrow. And then I have a uh, a guest, Ian Miller, jumped on. We talked about all the top guys, and we went on a he went on a little stroll with me. We talked about some second round guys too. So we mentioned a whole bunch of names. Uh, guys will get people will get excited about some of those names. And then Monday we come back with our Mikhail Bridges profile. Uh, and then the rest of that week, we have Carter Jr., we have Miles Bridges, and then we have our uh, our second round Maj Paj podcast too that we'll we'll go through. So good stuff. Good, Se- second good. round wings or bigs or whatever. It is. Bigs and like late first guys that could potentially drop, or we could oh yeah go yeah. back and get just a bunch of names guys we talk about. So it's a really good week, and uh, we're super excited about. I'm super excited actually about this podcast specifically because this is our Jaron Jackson draft profile. It's going to be really good. Isaac and I differ on this guy greatly. I have Jaron Jackson number 
two on my two. N- number two on my on my board for the Mavericks right now. I have Doncic one, Jaron Jackson two, and Isaac is, is pretty pretty sturdy at keeping Jaron Jackson at six. So this is the this is the guy we differ on the most, I think. Yeah, we differ on him a lot, but I'm like I'm I'm still a big fan of him. I mean, it's not he's not Wendell Carter Jr. I mean, that's that's my thing. Like, I think he's still going to let be a the great hate player. flow through you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm still a big fan of him. It's just there's obviously a couple different things I like in some other guys, but no, he's if we end up with him, I'm su- I'm super happy. Also, I mean, there's not, yeah. I'm happy about him. So if you've never listened to one of our draft profiles before, this is how we do it. We go through his strengths, weaknesses, availability, meaning where he's going to go potentially in the draft, whether the Mavericks will have a chance at him or not, or if they have to trade up potentially. The ceiling and floor of the player, so what level of play we think this this guy could get to. An NBA comparison, we try to find a guy that you know kind of looks like or plays like the style, maybe not the level of player, but the style of player. Uh, future role on the Mavericks, roster impact, what the Mavericks would have to do to try to assimilate this guy. Second round pick pairing, so a guy with the number 33rd pick or the 54th pick that we think would pair really well with this player. And then we finish it up with a definitive. This is why the Mavericks should take him and why the Mavericks shouldn't take him. We make the case for both sides. So that's how we do it. But Isaac, before we get to our awesome and just overall good draft profile, let's talk about sex. Let's talk about real good sex. And now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. So listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it's going to work. And you can take it anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, after the buffet, all that stuff. You're getting, you know, it's getting hot and heavy. You've eaten a lot of carbs and you're like, all right, I'm ready. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Whenever you want to be like Isaac and make a baby, it's ready. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code NBA. Just pay $5 shipping. <laughs> Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code NBA. Try it free. Better, cheaper, faster. And we thank them for sponsoring. Thank you, Blue Chew. I warned Isaac that this was going to be a really good ad read, and he, uh, it did not disappoint, apparently. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is glorious. Blue Chew needs to be our sponsor every podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Blue Chew. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys, let's get into the, uh, the Jaron Jackson profile. Isaac, you want to go ahead and start talking about his strengths? What are some things Jaron Jackson does well? <coughs> How does he chew well, blue? Yeah, let, let, me, let, me, let me let you recover from that real quick, from, the, from that ad read. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is 6'11", with a 7'5 wingspan, so he's his 9'2 standing reach. He's about 236 pounds, so he's a little bit thicker than, uh, than Bamba, a little bit, not as long, not as tall. Um, he's from Michigan State. He's a freshman. He's still 18 years old. He's going to be 19. Uh, when is his birthday? Uh, he's gonna be nineteen. Oh, I have it right here. November, maybe. It's in. Uh, I hate when they do the numbers. Nine, nine fifteen. What is that? September. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. September. So he's gonna be twenty. He's gonna be nineteen by the time the season starts. Uh, but he's still super young. One of the youngest guys in the draft class. And uh, man, he's just a two way guy. Like he is just. The rim protection and the instincts. He probably has the best instincts as a rim protector in this draft. Can you think of, I mean, like Bamba's instincts don't really fit where Jaron Jackson's do. Bamba just has that extra length and that, that ability. I don't know. I like Bamba's instincts also. I mean, to where it's like compared to like Aiden. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's or badly. Different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Compared to, for sure. I mean, I put him, him and Bamba have the defensive instincts that Bagley and Aiden do not, for sure. So he's got the he's got the shot blocking. Then he also shot just about forty percent from three on almost a hundred attempts last year. Uh, and he only played he didn't play that much honestly. Like he only played like twenty something minutes a game, twenty one point eight minutes a game in the thirty games, thirty five games he played for Michigan State. So when he's taking that many threes, I mean he's he's, he's hoisting them. He's putting them up there quick. That's like a major part of his game. Yeah, huge part of his game. I mean he. I googled him right before we uh, tonight, just to see if there's any any uh, latest things out about him before we hit record. <clears throat> and I googled just his name, and there was three articles that popped up. I think it was like CBS, The Athletic, and um, something else. And all three of them had in there perfect big man <laughs> in their titles, and like that is the in some way fashion or form the title of each of the articles from all three different sites was is Jaron Jackson the perfect big man for this NBA that we have today and it's I mean it's like Nick said it's like he on both sides of the ball he stretches the floor like you know like he just said that that was a huge thing for him in college and something he wants to work on a lot and super young um, shot blocking I mean his the way he can, it's not just the, um, what am I going for? Not just the one-on-one defense, his ability to help off in a smart way. Yeah. His weak side defense is a, is a huge key for him because he doesn't make, because people can be like weak side defenders, but they not be like really smart about it. And he's he's pretty smart about that. And at such a young age, which is crazy. One of the most translatable things that when you talk to different people and, I know maps people sometimes talk to them about like what's like what's something you might look at sometimes that translates really well to the NBA free throw percentage and man he shot eighty percent from the free throw line last year <clears throat> that's that's huge I mean that, that's that's big time for a for a big man and I mean, you obviously don't see that very often so I mean immediately you look at it next year and say you know what are a couple different things that keep big men from staying on the court especially at the end of games. It might be the switch, but a lot of it has to do with the free throws also. That's probably the two biggest things of being able to switch off on smaller people and can they hit a free throw, a.k.a. DeAndre Jordan or whatever it is, so they won't get hacked. Well, they can't hack him because he shoots 80%, so he's yeah. going to shoot better free throw percentage uh, than some of the, some guards out there. So that that is a huge thing. The dribbling thing, I don't – well <laughs> – I don't want to be dead. We're obviously going to you know, have some differences and some different things, but he can handle the ball for sure, especially getting out on the break to where like some big man might just hold it and wait for a guard. He can handle it and he can get to the basket, but I don't think it, it is as advertised by um, the, the cult of followers of Jackson that 
you just I think I just feel like sometimes you hear that he's out there just taking people off the dribble all the time, and that he has this ability just like hey I throw it out throw it to Jackson on, yeah. on the three point line and he's going to go get you a basket against another big man. It's not really that, and I feel like that gets overhyped just a little bit. But he can handle. I don't want to take that away from him. He can handle it, and he can like yeah, and that get to and that's what you need him to do. <laughs> I mean, you you, yeah. you want him to be able to dribble just a little bit. And be able to take somebody off the dribble. So if they're a guard, if they're bigs, they, they're either you know you switch them and they're still staying on the floor. Then let's say okay, let's try to get Jaron Jackson try to run them off the floor too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and uh, and the three point shot. So he he needs a little bit of space to take his shot. He's got this kind of fling motion that I've seen a lot of oh, people. We're going to talk all about that I've in a little got, bit. I've seen him talk about that, but if they give him the space, he can shoot it. But if they don't give him the space, then he can drive by them. You just need those two things. I think if you're going to be a, a big man and play like Jaron Jackson does. And if he's got both of those, which I think he does, then I think he's going to be fine. And great. Yeah, It's just, yeah, it's just a definition like fine or like transcendent, like star. Like that's Isaac. When, that's I, when I say gonna... fine, I mean like with multiple eyes. Like he's gonna be fine. Fine. He's gonna be fine. <clears throat> I'll I'll give you a little a smaller detail that I enjoy is how low he gets when guarding on the perimeter. A lot of bigs switch off, and watching a lot of his like synergy stuff. A lot of bigs will switch off, whether it's Bamba or Aiden, just you know those guys, but just bigs in general. They'll switch off on a guard, and they'll back up, and they'll give the guard space because obviously the guard's quicker than them, but they'll back up, and a lot of them will stay like vertical, and yeah. a lot of them will fall into those instincts of just standing there and waiting for it, but when you watch Jackson so many different times, he... <laughs> He, you know, switches off on the smaller guard, but he gets low. And that's huge for a guy that's, you know, 6'11", to get low like that. And, yeah, can you say, okay, well, he's 18, he can do that, his knees are fine, whatever. Give him 10 years in the league, is he still going to be getting low with the defender stuff? I don't know then. But still, the fact that it's in his... He'll have robot legs by then. <laughs> the fact that it, it's in his game, like, now, and that allows him to switch off on the perimeter, and that's what makes when you talk about the perfect big man this in this you know league today his ability to switch off on these guards and switch off on these wings and still keep up with them uh, it, it is a huge plus for him yeah that, that was a good point that you make when when he does that it sort of reminded me of Kevon Looney like trying to guard James Harden or Chris Paul like in the Western Conference Finals just the way he got so low and tries to stay in front of him that's the way you have to do it. I mean, yeah. you kind of get like right in their face because if you're just looming over a guy, he's going to be able to take advantage. And if you're top heavy, he's going to topple you. <laughs> he's going to da- yeah. dance around you and run around. So strengths, I think we, we covered that pretty well. Uh, his strengths, he's, I mean, basically rim protector, like elite rim protector, potential for offensive versatility. Plus shooter. Plus shooter is a big man for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, Okay. We're going to talk about this more in weaknesses as far as, like, when we say offensive versatility. Like, DeAndre Ayton has offensive versatility. Jaron Jackson, I'm not for sure about that. But potential for offensive versatility. He's got the di- he's got the different tools. Like, he's got the di- – we'll talk about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, weaknesses for Jaron Jackson. The One of the things that kept him off the court was his foul trouble. He averaged uh, just as many fouls as blocks, so three fouls a game. 
I'm just going to – wait. I just want to just say if that is your main thing – and I, we're going to – we obviously have to mention it because that is the thing. But seeing people – obviously, I have Jackson at six. I'm not saying he's like one and I'm like the apologist for him. But I will take up for him in this. If you're one of these people that's like, man, I don't know. He's – you know – I think he could be he he's like nine or ten for me because he just can't stay out of foul trouble. If that's your main thing against Jaron Jackson is his fouls in college, please stop. Don't. That's my main thing against him, and I agree with you. Totally fine. Totally <laughs> fine. That's why I have him too. Yeah, and you have him too. So, uh, the, the shooting mechanics. Do you want to get into that, or do you have something else you want to bring yes. up first? Uh, well, I have a couple of different things. Um, there's obviously a reason why I have him at six. So I feel like I, I should at least explain myself a little bit of why. Explain yourself, have... please. Well, it just comes down to when you have a complete player like Jaron Jackson defensively, everything with everything that he is as a player, it's just going to come down to an opinion. He's so good at every different category. It's just going to come down to, I think, where Jackson is – I think it's going to come down to just one huge opinion that will determine where he goes on draft night. And that is, do you think his shot will translate? And I I think that's the biggest thing for him. And why I have him at six is I don't like it. I don't like the shot. And the funkiness shot of of him, like it it almost takes away any mid-range shot that he has. Like, if he has one, you know, like when you shoot it at such a low release and low form of that, he's not going to like you saw like you watch different clips in college and stuff. He has to have space to shoot the ball. When you look at different fives across the league, like even like Towns or even like Porzingis or something like that, they're shooting it above, right at their head. They're shooting it in this pocket at the top of their shoulder and stuff. And when you're seven foot tall, that's huge whenever the person's guarding you. Jackson brings it up in front of his chest and it's kind of like a – it's not Lonzo. I'm not saying it's that. But it it is something that you have to focus on and say it's an unorthodox form. It's different. He hit it at a high clip for sure, but will it translate against more athletic in the best league in the world against these other bigs like the Porzingis? What'd you say? It's the first best league in the world. <laughs> first, it's not the second best. That's where Luca plays. If people didn't know that, and uh, but but that's the thing. And in when you look at when you even looking at like Bamba, Bamba's shot is up in that pocket. And I see, and that's the thing, like, and people's like, people's gonna call me crazy for this, but like, I, I like Bamba's form more than Jackson's. And I know Jackson shot at the higher clip in college and all this stuff, but like, if that's just, that's just my preference. That's my preference in that. You know who had an awful form and did not give an AF? (laughs) Sean Marion. Sean Marion, the Matrix, the NBA champion. Yeah. There, there are shots that I, I think. Uh, I think his hey, it, I think his form is fine. All it has to do is go in, and I think it's definitely going to. I lo- and I love Sean Marion, but do you are will you say that Sean Marion is your highest hopes for Jaron Jackson at five as a shooter? Probably. Mm. Okay. You know what I mean? Like he's just like, I, and I'm just saying I'm not even comparing those two as players. Just saying that an or, an or, unorthodox shot can go in as long as it goes in. You know, is it, yeah. it just has to. He has to be able to, to put it in, and that's it. And to be honest, he doesn't even have to put it in. Like as long as he's a threat from out there, he's pulling that big man out 
onto him, and then he could either drive by him like we mentioned it before, or the paint is now wide open unless you have two rim protectors. Which, and if you have that, then you're you're switching him around and you know trying to do stuff. Like he has to be a threat from long range, and I think he's going yeah, to be. And he and he will have a different system and different set of players with him than he did at Michigan State. He's going to have other guys. Michigan State he played with a big a lot of times in, in different lines, yeah. whatever. He's not going to really have that. The next big that level, couldn't least, shoot. Yeah, or at least hopefully. And but like that's the thing <clears throat> when you look at somebody like that and you look at um like the Bombas, Aiden's Bagus, whatever, and you're like, okay, this big in today's game, you want him to be this rim runner, you want him to set the pick and roll. Nick, would you like to take a guess how many times in college Jaron Jackson Jr. set a pick and rolled to the basket? Ooh, I'm gonna guess not many. Probably thirty times. Zero. None. Wow. Zero. Absolutely zero according to Synergy. He had zero times where he set a, set a pick, rim, what a know, guess. rolled to I, the basket. I guess like at least once a game. but <clears throat> No, so like that's the, you know, it's funny because I didn't believe that first, but I, um, a Jackson Jr. apologist uh, <laughs> reached out to me, DM'd me and said, hey, before you even do the Jackson Jr. profile, I'm just going to go ahead and get this out of the way. He didn't have any rim rolls to the basket, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I was just laughing about it. I didn't believe the guy at first. I was like, I hadn't did my deep dive yet. And then when I did my deep dive, I'm like, holy crap, he's being drilled. <laughs> like, he really didn't. And uh, But is that a testament to him? I'm Probably not. It's more towards Izzo yeah. and the system. But it is something that, like, that's going to be a huge role for him at the next level that he's he's not used to doing. <laughs> like, he's, he's not used to doing that. Something he's going to have to learn with that. So... And, you know, the isolation thing, I know it gets tricky about what is um, classified as an isolation play, but he only had nine points in isolation possessions last year. So this, like... Do we need a center to ISO? I'm good. No, 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 I I agree, I agree, (laughs) I agree. But I'm saying that's a lot of times what I hear, I mean, when people come at me about Jackson... And say, oh my gosh, he, he what other player can you spread it out for and say, go get me a basket? I'm like, well, he only scored nine times and like he only scored yeah. nine points yeah. in isolation. You know, but there's some trickiness of what classifies that. And you know, when you look at I'm you know, I'm just I'm giving you reasons why I have him at six. Isaac has got him. his hands up like I'm about to punch him in the face. Like he he's in this <laughs> straight up defensive pose right now. <laughs> You know, he had 39 assists all last year. He had 62 turnovers. Whatever you want to say yeah, with not, that. Not great. You know, he's super young. I get that. Um, Draft Express put out their video of him today or yesterday. Their, you know, their new videos that they're making. And Mike Smith said towards the end of the video, they're talking about the, the weaknesses of Jackson. And they talk about, like, his lack of, they, you know, the worry of what kind of offensive player he's going to be you know, kind of around the, they're not, you know, is, is he, does he have post moves? Does he have, and I, and I'll say this, I watched a lot of his post moves off through synergy and I, I love them. Like, I mean, he was a monster down there, but his kind of touching that mid range with his shot being so funky. I don't know how it's going to be. Cause like what made Sean Marion. Okay. And Sean Marion shot. Okay. Is if Sean Marion got within 10, 15 feet, Sean Marion had one of the best floater games in the league. <laughs> And Sean Marion was getting this little shots up, these little one-handed shots and stuff. Jaron Jackson don't have that, and because he's a lot bigger, obviously. And I get that he doesn't, you know, whatever. But Draft Express had a telling thing at the very end, and I'll say I'll put a quote for quote. Schmidt said, "I would not expect him to be a monster rebounder at the next level." Yeah. And and Schmidt said he cites the instinct and like the, the motor 
of him like on the boards. <clears throat> Once again, he's 18 years old, whatever you want to make of that. But if you're asking me and saying, hey, like, why do you have him at six? A couple of these things are a couple of reasons why I don't have him at two or three. And as far as comparing to Bamba, I like Bamba as a lob threat more. This is pure opinion on this point. I'm a believer in Bamba's shot more than Jackson at the NBA level because I like his form more. Hater. I know. Throw me percentages. I get that. All this stuff. 40%, <clears throat> Isaac. 40, 40% is the percent. I like the uh, <laughs> I like Bamba's uh, like defensive elite Gobert-type defensive ability, stuff like that. I, and I like Bamba's ability to shoot a mid-range shot. I think the potential for Bamba's mid-range shot is a lot better than Jackson's potential at a mid-range shot. And we've seen that that little short corner shot, the Udonis Haslam-like area, you know, on the court, you know what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about, like those short corners or even right at the, like, the elbow, those shots are there all the time. And I'm worried if he can't get that space with that. They're going to be open all the time. <laughs> yeah, so like what comes with that. But I'll say this, Bamba has a lower floor than Jackson. Jackson has a lot higher floor in my yeah. opinion. Um, but I, for for me, I like Bamba's ceiling more than Jackson's ceiling. If that all makes sense, I know I'm just nipping. I'm I'm giving you reasons why I have him at six. I still like him, but those are some of my reasons that people have came at me for the past month and said, "Why are you all over James Jackson?" I'm, I'm not all over him. I'm just I prefer Bamba over. Yeah, the rebounding thing is kind of weird, uh, and you wonder if some of that is because he's out on the three point line. You wonder if some of that is because he can go out and guard. You know, guards if he can, he can switch out, so he's not always like stuck below the basket. You wonder if some of it is because of that. Some of it, obviously, because yeah. he, didn't, he didn't play enough. Like he averaged he per forty, he averaged ten rebounds. So you're like, yeah, that's fine, you know. <laughs> but yeah, then if you take it just straight up per his twenty minutes, it was it was just just under six rebounds a game. So not not super great, especially against other college players. And I'll say this too, like this whole I think there's a perception of like Bamba is, um, you know, the stick the stick character from a bug's life. Do you remember him? Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like this perception that Bamba is a stick and super skinny and like he needs to add weight. Well, Bamba weighed 225 at the combine. Jaren Jackson Jr. weighed 236. So, yeah. I mean, it's 11 it's 10, pounds. Yeah. It's 11 pound difference. Okay. It's not like Jackson's weighing like 30 more pounds or 40 more pounds. And he's rolling there at like 250 and doing all this stuff. He's just 11 pounds different. I know 11 pounds is 11 pounds and it's a different, but yeah, Jackson's a little bit, uh, he's shorter. He's a couple inches shorter, so that that works again. That works for him, looking like to make him look bigger. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. then uh, also he has less arms, so there's less there's less weight a, in the arms. <laughs> about a six inch difference in their wingspan, somewhere through there, that, five six inches. That's pretty crazy. That's not enough for me to pick him above Jaron Jackson, though. Yeah, no, 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 no. All right, Isaac. Uh, let's talk about his availability, where he could end up in the draft. But before we do that, let's take a quick break. All right, Jaron Jackson has been pretty linked to Atlanta for this entire draft period, but they're working out some guys. Uh, they've worked out. I think they've worked out Trey Young. Um, there's a report saying that uh, that there's a team that's going to pick the Michael Porter Jr. above seven, and uh, guess that could be the Hawks. Maybe, probably the Kings, but it could be could be the Hawks. It could be the could Hawks. Be the Mavericks. Most most likely a smokescreen. Uh, but I see him at I see him going at three to the Hawks. Where do you think he should go, or where do you think he will go? This is super tough because um, 
I've had, you know, I mean, I, I've had, I've been saying a long time, and what you know, it's super funny, and I love the moments when you like you preach something over and over, and it's like slowly starting to happen in a little bit. When I I would preach for so long and saying, wait until Bamba gets in these workouts, yeah. he's gonna freak people out, and it, you know, everybody saw the story the other day where Bamba did the three quarters court speed, you know, sprint. And he had higher times than like John Wall and like some of these people. And then everybody's like, holy crap, everybody's raving about Bamba's speed now and like all this different stuff. And so, you know, I've had Bamba at three to Atlanta for a while. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, it Jackson, it's four, five, six, in my opinion. It's Memphis, Dallas, Orlando, somewhere through there. I don't think he can. I mean, I'm not. If I'm Orlando or something like that, then it's tough to pass him up. I mean, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I would say Chicago at the very, very latest. I mean, the very. That's his floor. That would be wild. You don't get past Dallas at seven. I mean, uh, Chicago at seven. But yeah, I would say three, three through six. Yeah, yeah, that's probably good. Dallas, I th- I feel like that would be a mistake if they passed up on him, but I guess I could understand it. So there's there's kind of like a 50-50 potential he'll be there for the Mavericks at five. That's kind of what it feels like to me. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, just Bamba, you can cross teams off a little bit more, I think, as far as, like, I don't think Bamba's going to go to Memphis. You know, yeah. I don't think – you know, as far as he's just a pure five, you could, I guess, if you want to say that with Jackson, if you think view him as a pure five, and because it sounds like Memphis wants to get back playing this year. So, like, in any mock draft that I do for Memphis, I'm not going to have him taking any. Like, I think it's Bagley, Porter, Luca for Memphis, one of those three. Yeah. And <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I think there's a really, really good chance Jackson's going to be there for Dallas at five. But. That's just me. I would be very excited and then very disappointed if they did not pick him there. <laughs> all, all in one. <laughs> Ceiling and floor for Jaron Jackson. You could see him as like one of these bigs, like a, like a, uh, like Porzingis that make you know that makes an all star team that just lights it up from from both ends Ooh, of the floor. I don't know. I don't see that at all. I mean, Porzingis is really high. I mean, I, he's not going to be the offensive player that Porzingis like a Porzingis. Is. That okay. There's a difference between hitting an open three and playing really good defense and being called Porzingis. Porzingis like give it to him on the block. He's hitting mid range. He's shooting over people. He's hitting threes. He's like Porzingis could put up forty points in a game. I don't know if Jaron Jackson Jr. is putting up forty. Yeah, Porzingis can score on three levels, and Jaron can kind of only score on two. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the difference. But he could he could be a guy that can make some all star teams. That's borderline for me. No, I'm there. I am, and this is no slight to him, but like OKC Abaka is like what, and that's that was great. Like that, I mean, they picked Obaka, Abaka over Harden, so like that was awesome. You know, like uh, OKC Abaka those years through there. I mean, when you look at, and this is like I would say a little bit more scoring on this, but like. The shot blocking three point percentage, like when you look at this 2013 through 2015, Abaka's averaging like 15, 16 points a game, nine rebounds, like two and a half to three blocks a game. Like 
that's going to be there for Jaron Jackson. Like Jaron Jackson, if you're telling me what's what's a safe stat line for him, I'm saying 15, 9, two and a half blocks a game, like two to two and a half blocks a game, and like Abaka that year shot 38% from three. Like that, that's a good, like that's good. <laughs> you know, like it's not a, <laughs> I, I, like I don't know how else to word that. And I think if Jackson can get a couple dudes around him that is like, hey, be like those two dudes are our main guys, main scores and stuff, to where he could be the third guy, kind of like Abaka for Durant and Westbrook, I think he would excel big time. But he's not, for me, he's kind of the same as Bamba. Like, Bamba, to me, is not going to be like an Aiton, like your second you know, leading scorer or something like that. Still can impact the game in a bunch of different areas, and you really like need him and want him. But <clears throat> I don't think I would say because you know Abaka hadn't made an All Star you know game like that you know anything with that, but he's super important. You know, you know I made the joke on the well. <laughs> I guess you're listening to this now, so you're gonna get you're gonna get yeah. the joke again later. Yeah, I next can't remember week. when we posted when. <laughs> you're gonna get this joke later again next week. But for Serge Ibaka, I think OKC Serge Ibaka is Jaron Jackson. Toronto Serge Ibaka is Wendell Carter Jr. <laughs> and, and that that's kind of like where I work with that. And so, yeah, I, I think he's a probably a little bit better put the ball on the floor OKC Serge Ibaka. But I think he's starting at where Serge Ibaka was. You know what I mean? Like he's he's not coming. He's gonna take time though. Like Jackson's going to take time, and that this is this will be my only thing. Well, not really only thing. Like, but Ibaka I think didn't take like, any threes until five years into the league. Yeah, he's coming in. He's gonna have that right away. Yeah, open ones. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna catch some guys off guard for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to be the threat for, like, an open three. He's definitely going to space the floor, like, put him on the perimeter or, like, a pick-and-pop, you know, thing. You're not going to give him the ball and say, hey, go get me a basket. Or you're not going to, you know, he's not going to just get the ball and, like, do a dribble move and do a step-back three in somebody's face. Like, that's not something you're going to – something like Porzingis or somebody – Towns or whatever, you know, these guys have that. Yeah, that's not what I need him to do. That's not what I want him to do. Got to get somebody else to do that. I want my wings to do that. Yeah, and if he's not, and this is this kind of goes back to if he's not going to do that, you want him to be a rim runner, right? And we don't know. No, if I want him to be that. a floor spacer. Okay. I want him to pull. So I, want him want him to be, I want him to pull the five out of the paint. That's what I want. Him you to do. want him to be marketing. Marketing would be great on offense, but then he also blocks shots on defense and gives you the elite rim protection too. Yeah, and see, marketing I think is a better offensive player, but yeah. So it's like a, and that's what that's the thing. Like Serge Ibaka hit threes for OKC. Like he hit him at a, you know a good. I mean his 2015-16. I mean or 2014, he shot three three threes a game. Shot him at 37 percent. And like Serge Ibaka and OKC was really really good. And that's yeah, why I don't was. think it's a. I don't I don't think it's bad. And I think we've he, we've said about this before. Like Miles Turner, like. I think Miles. I think he's going to be kind of like what Miles Turner is right now, and trying to figure out. Yeah, he, Serge Ibaka in OKC was also playing with Westbrook and Durant 
and Harden at some points at the, yeah. at the same time. So the dude's not getting shot. So uh, say what you want about his point total, but I think it would have been it would have been higher. Yeah, that's else. the thing. Like, yeah, if if Ibaka was somewhere else and only had one of those guys, like let's say he just had Westbrook. You know how good you know how much better would his numbers would have well, been? Well, no, if, if he was just with Westbrook and then he got <laughs> traded somewhere else, he'd be a lot better than the next spot that he went to. <laughs> very true, very true. Which is why Paul George is going to win MVP next year when he's on the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, NBA comps. Porzingis is not a comp for me. Uh, Miles Turner is probably the best comp, and then your Serge Ibaka one in OKC is. Those are probably the two best ones. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm a fan of Miles Turner. I'm yeah. not saying I'm not using that as a you know, I don't want to say that use it like that. Um But I think there I think we could be sitting here looking looking back in two to three years and say, you know, okay, Jackson's good. Is he you know, is he as transcendent or putting up some the crazy stat lines that maybe some of these other guys are? I don't know, but it, he's he's good. And who knows? In two more years, Miles Turner could be right there on the same you know playing field as like Towns and some of these other dudes. So, yeah. And we never know what kind of things guys are going to add to their games. You know, we we <laughs> that's something we don't really mention on draft day. We talk about what they have right now, but we never know what they could add. I mean, and so much depends on situation. We can't and mentality, mentality of the player, and willing to work. And uh, something was said of Donovan Mitchell that that he had been in locker rooms before. And a lot of these guys that have uh, their dads played either basketball or, you know, or whatever else they've been in locker rooms before kind of, they didn't really get starstruck by guys. They didn't come into the league and just like, uh, like Dennis didn't really struggle with this a lot, but, but, uh, but Dennis came in the league. The first time he ever been in the NBA arena, he was playing. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first time he'd been in NBA arena. Uh, so some of these guys, they come in and they, they're just not ready for the spotlight or for the moment. And uh, these guys that have been around teams forever, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is one of them. Yeah. Dad played in the league. I think his dad won a title back in the day, too. So, like, I mean, he's very comfortable with the league. I mean, and, and everything off the court, we talked about Bamba. Did you know Bamba went to the Sloan Conference? Too? <laughs> <laughs> um, but everything what I've read off the court about Jaron Jackson. Is that the is that second he- best conference in the world? ACC? I didn't know if you knew that. Um, <laughs> is ACC the first best conference? Yeah. Um, but everything I've heard about Jackson is that he's, you know, he's an awesome guy off the court and just, you know, they couldn't rave about him enough, everything with that. So, Oh, yeah. Jaron Jackson won a title with San Antonio in 99. Oh, okay. Jaron yeah. Jackson Sr. That's wild. His dad won a title in 99, and I halfway remember that title. <laughs> That's wild. Well, in 99, what, we were, like, in elementary school? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, future role on the, the Mavericks. He comes in. He probably starts with Dirk. Unless they get somebody else in free agency, he could start with Dirk pretty easily. That's the difference between him and Bamba for me is that he you can start Jan Jackson easily. I still think that they would – like, we've already done the Bamba talk, but that they they would start Dirk and Bamba together. But you could definitely start Jackson and Dirk together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could start them together. There's a scenario in which I could see them not starting, though. True. Yeah, I could see that too. But you'd have to get a free agent. You're not just gonna start Dirk and. I mean, who starts at four? <laughs> Powell. Yeah, that's you know the thing. I, mean? like, like, I could see us drafting Jackson, and then if they went out and got a four in free agency, whoever it is, 
I could see him starting the four with Dirk and bringing Jackson off the bench, like bringing him into the game, like four minutes into the game. Kind of like what we thought Nerlens was going to be doing this year. Man, this playoff run with the the Spurs, Tim Duncan averaged 43 minutes a game. Good Lord. That's nuts. Talk about him needing some rest. Uh, Jaron Jackson, he played 20 minutes, 20 minutes a game in the playoff run. That's pretty nice. Wow. It's a nice little run there. I'll say Salah and Nerlens, they're gone in this scenario. Yeah, they are already. They are anyway. Um, He can play with Dwight Powell too. Because Dwight Powell's then your he's your your rim runner, your diver, and then you have Jim Jackson in space and you know do whatever else. Yeah, and you know I'll just say this, and this kind of goes into our last segment or like the end, but like it pushes as far as roster impact. Does this if Cuban and them are so set, and whether you agree with this or not, I'm not saying I agree either way on this. If Cuban and Donnie and them are set so much on win now. And we've heard this sentiment of win now. We're going to win next year. Jackson is going to take time. Yep. And well, so will Bamba, man. Bamba will too. Yeah, I agree with that. But like, if there are, okay, we'll talk about this. Bigs, more. bigs, and point guards always take time when they're coming into the league. Uh, not always. Donovan Mitchell was great. But... Nah, not a point guard. He's a wing. He ended up running the point a lot. He did. Well, when Rubio was out, for a sure lot. he was running the point. Yeah, but even when Rubio was in, he the offense was running through him. Now, I know he's an outlier, and I, you know, I yeah. get that. It's hard to compare. But, like, I mean, Dennis had a solid season. Lonzo had a solid season. Yeah. Marco Fultz had a solid season. No, Apparently there's a video out there of Markel Fultz shooting while he's laying down, and it's just completely shots. I saw a video today of him doing a windmill, like a windmill alley-oop from almost the free throw line, and it was absolutely insane. He's back. Anyway. He's back. Eric Jr.'s back. Uh, roster impact as far as free agency. I think you could still go after Cousins. Mm, no, I don't think so. If he can play with Anthony Davis, why can't he play with Jaron Jackson? Because then you have your guy I mean, that you, like, can, you can throw him a bucket and Jaron Jackson can space the floor. I get that, yeah. They can I play so. together. I mean, I just view AD as this, like, I mean, elite defender, and Jackson's going to take a while to get to that. Yeah. So... I don't think you could roll them both out there and expect Jackson to pick up what AD does for Cousins. No, but maybe for like 20 minutes a game. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And it depends on who he's playing for sure. We're not like talking about playoffs. Yeah. Playoffs. Playoffs. Uh, any other roster impact, any other free agents you'd want to talk about? No, I mean, I just I, – I would, I would want them to view Jackson as a five and pretty much – any rule or mindset you would have with Bamba or like Aiton, I would want to have it with Jackson, you know, of like, I would want wings. I just, I wouldn't want him to view Jackson as like a four or like a Dwight Powell mode that could play like, oh, he's five, but he could play a four too with the other. I would just want him to be a five. So then, yeah, I mean, go out shopping for some free agent fours and roll, roll with that. Would you would you like your boy Randall with with Jackson then? Mm, you don't want Randall here at all, anyway. Not really. But with Jackson, I would think about it more. Hmm. 
Jackson and Randall is probably the best pairing. Jackson's probably the best pairing for Randall. Space is a floor and gives defense. Yeah. And then Randall can guard in space too. So you can switch. You could switch pretty much everything with Randall and, and Jackson. Yeah. That that I'm in, can... I'm interested in that. But with Randall, the, my big question for him is effort. Is he going to be motivated? It's my whole question for him. He was definitely motivated this year, and you saw it. He wasn't the year before, and you saw it. He's always motivated when he plays in Dallas. So, yeah. Well, what? What is he going to be motivated? He has to come up with tickets for every single person in his family and his extended family hey, and everyone he went to high school. Four, <laughs> we're going to get forty-one games of motivated. Hey, Randall. I'd sign up for that. I would. Because <laughs> motivated Randall is an all-star. That dude is so good. He's twenty and ten with five assists. That's motivated, Randall. Okay. Seriously. That's big time. Uh, second round pick pairing, pretty much any of the wings, <laughs> any anybody. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, draft Express guys did their release their latest mock today, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, it had a has taken Bomba at five, which you know Bomba Jackson whatever. Yeah. And then at thirty three, they had Melvin Frazier. Ooh. Oh we got Frazier at 33, man, I would be so dang happy. I'm so in. I don't think he's I think he's gonna be a first rounder, but just that seeing that Mavericks Frazier was pretty happy. All right, let's finish this. I'll do why the Mavs should take him. You do why the Mavs shouldn't take him because <laughs> give- that's just the way that it should be. <laughs> uh the Mavericks should take Jaron Jackson Jr. if they want to play a new brand of basketball. They want to change the way they've been playing forever. They want to change this system of your big can only do certain things. They want to have a versatile guy that they could groom into somebody that is special, somebody that could could score on all levels eventually. They want a guy that could come in and be an elite rim protector, an elite defender. They want a guy that can help them have a switchable defense so where they can switch all kinds of stuff. They bring in whoever they bring in to play the four. You can have a guy that, that switches everything. Uh they want a guy that has elite traits at two of the most important things for a big man. That's that's rim protection and shooting. Uh, those just don't come around often. The guys that we've talked about don't have all those things. Uh, the only guys that really have those things are Porzingis, Embiid, uh, Anthony Davis, and oh yeah, all those guys are all stars. <laughs> so uh, and and Serge Ibaka, I guess, but he could have been an all star if he was somewhere else. All right, Isaac, why shouldn't the maps take him? I mean, it's hard to come up, you know, with reasons for that because Jackson is such a well-rounded player and prospect. But so I, I mean, talked just, you into it. Yes, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I like him. Um, it would just come down to just personal preferences on a few things, and it's kind of what I was saying a while ago. Do you think the the shot will will translate? Yes. And if you don't think it will translate at the next level, if you don't think he will uh, be able to get that adequate space to get the unorthodox shot up then you might go with the other prospect. Because here like when you say why the Mavericks shouldn't take him, why the Mavericks shouldn't take him in compared to who else is on the board. So like it's kinda hard to say why they shouldn't take him without knowing who's on the board. But like if they want another thing is why the Mavericks shouldn't take him if they if they if they're dead set if they are, I'm saying if they are dead set on like we're gonna make the playoffs next year, um, Jackson's gonna take time. And in that scenario, they might want to take somebody um, if if they think Porter, for instance, is cleared, and they think Porter will be able to step in day one and be a bucket getter for them and help be a second score to Barnes and Dennis, you know, all this stuff. Then they could lean that way, you know. And I could kind of see that if they want to push for the playoffs and all that stuff. So, 
yeah, I would just I would say those two things. If they don't want, he's going to take multiple years, in my opinion. And you know, it comes down to the shot. And do you believe in the shot? Do you think it will translate and all that stuff? Do you and do you think that you can groom him to be a a rim runner and do the high pick and rolls and get to the rim? If you think he's capable of that, because we haven't seen that, so it's going to be so those worth are just, it. Those are nitpicky reasons because the other pros of him, I mean, are are incredible. But if you're asking, if you're telling me Isaac, why a reason why he would not be a Maverick or they would pass him up on draft night if he's there, those are a couple reasons why I think they could or a team would. There you go. That's our draft profile on Jaron Jackson Jr. Hopefully he's available. Hopefully the maps take him. I think it would be awesome. Isaac thinks it would be stupid. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. That's such a lie. You lying, Nick. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.